when the devil can no longer fight you, the devil will make you to do something so God can fight you. One of the things he will do is that he will want you to be proud so that God will resist you. Resisting is fighting. God starts fighting you when you're proud. God fights proud people because the devil was proud. What that means is that the last time God saw a proud person rise up and he didn't fight the guy. He lost one third of his kingdom. So whenever somebody is proud, God is threatened because somebody who's proud is intentionally trying to take God's place. You give somebody food and you tell that person, if I did not give you food, will you have not died by now? You are automatically putting yourself in the position of God in the person's life. And God starts resisting you. Because if that guy doesn't take time, he will start worshipping you and not worship God. So God said, one of the things I'll do to you when I finish fighting you, because when God fights with you, he will have to win. I'll take the grace from you and give it to somebody who's humble. So he resists the proud and give grace to the humble. So the Bible said to us that we should humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. I know God sees us everywhere. But another thing about the sight of the Lord is that be humble before the Lord in his presence. Don't let God see you as a proud person in his house. Because if you are very proud in the sight of the Lord, God will be looking for that thing that makes you proud. Don't take it away from you. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. This is what it means. God is saying, if you submit yourself to me, cast out the devil and you will see the devil leave. One key to bind the devil straight away and the devil runs is when you can humble yourself before God. The reason is because you have passed the devil in that rank. You have been able to do something to God that the devil could not do. Even if your humility is going to lead you to mourning, God says, even though your laughter will be turned to sorrow, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and it will lift you up. There's an invisible hand that is walking in the face of men that lifts people from nothing to something. There's an invisible hand. There's a hand that lifts up somebody who had been neglected. There's an invisible hand that directs the stone of David to go directly to the uncovered place of the Philistine. There is an invisible hand that raises Jesus from the dead because he was humble and make him sit on the throne. There's an invisible hand that walks in the face of men. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and that invisible hand will lift you up. yourself in the side of the Lord and he shall lift you up. How many people need a lifting in the house? You need God to lift you up. 
you'll be so shocked that even your neighbor does not need a lifting from the Lord. How many people want God to lift you up? Want God to lift you up? Lift you up. The lifting of the Lord. Father, lift us up in Jesus' name. Wow. How many people remember this song? I'm gonna humble myself. He will lift me up. Mm. I'm gonna humble myself at the side of the Lord. And he wow. Is it amazing? That was James 4, verse what? James 4, verse 10. Don't forget that scripture. It's very important. It's going to help you all the days of your life. James 4, verse 10. What does it say? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. In my former church, they will make that a memory verse. And it's very, very important. So just, our memory verse is taken from James chapter 4, verse 10. What does it say? Humble yourself and the side of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Wow, amazing. Okay, now let's read verse 6. Verse 6 has something very important for us. Before we get to verse 10, verse 6 is very, very important, but I just needed to give you 10 first before we go to 6. Let me start from 5. Do you think that the scripture said in vain, the spirit that dwelled in us lusted to envy? And verse 6 says, but he give it more grace. Somebody say more grace. more grace. Receive more grace in Jesus' name. Amen. He give it. God is the one who gives grace. He give it more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resisted the proud, but give it grace to the humble. Oh God, may God give us grace in Jesus' name. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. My God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Clean your heart, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Verse 9. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And verse 10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Wow. And he's now telling us in verse 11 how to humble ourselves. And this is what he says. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But he that judgeth the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but you are a judge. Wow. wow. All right, I'll be preaching on what I call humility theory. Be seated, humility theory. I'm gonna humble myself before the Lord, He will lift me up. I'm gonna humble myself before the Lord, He will lift me up. One day, a Pastor wanted to preach, 
and the choir came and sang a song and he said the choir has finished singing his preaching so we are going to go right now the song has finished singing our preaching do you understand i hope you're okay with that are you okay with that okay so humility theory Humility theory. Let me tell you something. When the devil can no longer fight you, the devil will make you to do something so God can fight you. I want you to write that down. I'll tell you how that happens. How the devil can no longer fight you. When the devil can no longer fight you, he will make you to do something that will make God to fight you. How many of you can fight with God and succeed? Let me see your hand lifted up. You're very anointed. You're very powerful. And you can fight with God and win him. You can fight with God and win him. Let me see your hand. Nobody here can fight God and win. Oh. So when the devil knows that he cannot attack you. He cannot attack your future. He cannot attack your calling. He cannot attack where you're going to. He will make you to do something against God, your maker, so that God starts fighting you. Tell your neighbor, are you sure God is not fighting you? Please, turn and look at somebody very well and say, Charlie, are you sure God is not fighting you? (laughs) Ask your neighbor, how are you sure God is not fighting you? Charlie, if God is fighting you, you are on your own. Don't call me for prayers, please. I can assist you in prayer if the devil is fighting you. But my hands are out if God is the one fighting you. I don't know how to help you out if God is the one fighting you. I can only tell you, go and plead. Go back and plead. Do you understand? (laughs) So when God is the one fighting you, I can't help you out. But when the devil fights you, don't even call me. Just tell the devil that you know me. Do you get what I'm saying? Just tell the devil that you know me. In fact, if that's going to take a little more time, just shout the name of Jesus if the devil is fighting you. The Bible says resist the devil. So when the devil is talking to you, be resisting him. Say, come on, get out, you devil. I bind you, you devil. You shut up, devil. You can do all of that for the devil. But Charlie, when God's hand is on your neck, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing to make God fight you is to be proud. So I'm teaching you now how to make God fight you. 101. If you want God to fight you, have pride. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you want God to fight you, just have pride. Add pride to the little you. And you will see God in action. When God is fighting you, don't pray, don't fast. There's no prayer and fasting that can help you out. When God is fighting you, the only thing you need to do is repent. That's the only thing. Enter his camp. It's just like when Buari is fighting you, just the camp. Enter APC. All of this thing has stopped. All the fighting stops. You just turn and just enter APC. Everything stops. All the EFC that pursued you are over. That's the way God operates. If God fights you, just enter into his camp. Everything finish. Buari is actually leaning well. <laughs> enter into God's camp. Just God, I surrender. I've received you as my Lord and Savior. It's just, you have entered. But what will happen if you are a child of God and being fought by your father? 
That is to say when you are a child of God and you are proud. So the only problem I have, my only weakness is pride. But do you know, pride is one sin or sickness that you can't spot out. Somebody can come and confess, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I masturbate. Or Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I lie a lot. Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I fornicate. Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I steal. Or I stole somebody's property. But all through my ministry, I've never seen somebody come to me and say, Pastor, please, I want you to pray for me. I'm proud. I've never seen. Not that the people are not touched by the messages, but they haven't seen. Because when you are proud, the first thing that's going to happen to you is that your eyes will be closed. So you can't even see that you're proud. Will you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord? Let him lift you up. Will you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord? Let him lift you up. Let him lift you up. Let him lift you up. When you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. So pride blinds your heart, blinds your eyes, and makes you not to see that you have a problem that has to be solved. Before I talk about being proud and the things pride can actually do to you, because I'm going to show you some few things that pride does in your life. I've told you one now, that pride makes God fight you. Pride makes God fight you. The next thing I'm going to teach you about pride is that scripture, verse 10. That says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. In the sight of the Lord. Sight of the Lord. That is to say, the only time you are free to be proud is if God is not watching you. (laughs) The only time you are free to be proud is if God is not seeing you. So if you can be able to get into a place where God can't see you, Charlie, do what you like. When you are proud, you have added yourself to people God has to fight with. You've added yourself to people that God has to fight against. When you're proud, you've just added yourself among his enemies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get it? So when the devil knows that he can fight you, what the devil will do is that he makes God fight you. So, how can the devil not fight me again? There are prayers I don't pray about. There are prayers I don't pray about. I don't pray about the devil killing me. I don't pray like your mother's church people. Who said, Lord, will they allow me to survive? No, 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 no. They don't have my life in their hands. So, even if they don't want me to survive, I'll still survive because I have a bigger power than them. You understand? It's like Buari saying, will they allow me to go for a second time? No, 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 no. So, the devil is very, very trickish. See, the devil can fight me. Why the devil can't fight me is because I'm a child of God. I don't belong to his camp. I'm a child of God. The Bible says, he that breaketh the age, the serpent will bite. Who was the serpent in Genesis? The devil. So, the enemy will wait for you to break the age before he has power over you. That is why the greatest temptation of the enemy towards your life is to make things too beautiful for you to break the age. You understand? He makes the age very sweet and very glittering. 
How many of you have seen this thing that looks like wall and you see fishes inside? You just go and stand. Now, imagine if that was a fence of a building. So you are standing at the fence of the building and you are seeing big, big fishes. Nice, nice fishes. And you touch it. You can't touch the fish. So the only way you can touch the fish is break the edge. Do you understand? Satan is at the fence. He has his kingdom. And the boundary between his kingdom and God's kingdom is this age, is this fence. So he leaves his whole kingdom in order for him to have you. He now stay at the fence and make his fence so transparent and bring things you will like. What are the things you will like? The things God delivered you from. You gave your life to Christ and you just left women something. And the devil knows that women something is still in your mind. It's one of the things that can always be your weakness. So the devil in this other side of the aquarium brings nice, nice women, very many colors on the glass. Very nice with bomb shorts, with short bomb, very many, many things so that you can break the age for the devil to bite. But when the devil discovers that, he can't do that for you to fall. You don't want to break the edge. You are not even looking at what he's showing to you. You are not even looking at it. Do you understand? Is there anybody here that can tell the devil, if you want to bring me down on women something you have felt, go and look for a bigger temptation. Can you tell the devil, if you want to bring me down through sex, go and look for a bigger temptation. Can you tell the devil, if you want to bring me down through cigarette, go and look for something else. Go and do investigation. Go on more research. Can you get to a point that you tell the devil, if you want to bring me down through pornography, then go on more research. So when you get to that point, you have successfully lived above the powers of the devil. If you hear me pray, it will be so bored to you because... I talked to a pastor in my house. The pastor traveled all the way from the east and came down to my house for me to talk to him. He said, God said he should be my child. I said, are you sure you can be my child? He said, yes. I said, let me tell you the things we believe. I started talking to him. He stood up, left the chair and and sat down on the floor. And after I finished talking to him and said a whole lot of things to him, he told me, man of God, you have scattered my entire ministry. Because I was teaching him on how to pray and what not to pray. And I was teaching him, you don't need to pray for somebody to die. The main enemy we have is the devil. Don't pray for somebody to die. So the man said, I had a prayer ministry. In fact, this prayer ministry is called Tower of Prayers Ministry. And he now told me that he has a deliverance ministry. And I told him that to have deliverance ministry is not to smell olive oil all around the body. And I told him, do you believe that Jesus had a prayer ministry? He said, yes. I said, because if you say he does not have a prayer ministry, tell me which prayer minister prayed like Jesus. And I will tell you that the real prayer minister was Jesus. And I said, would you love to pray like Jesus? He said, yes. And I opened the Bible. And Jesus said, bless your enemies and cause not. So. (laughs) So the man told me, you have successfully ransacked, scattered all my ministry. How then will I pray? I said, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us this day our deliberate. And I finished all the prayers. I told him, have you seen where the enemy has to die? 
He said, no. He said, you have been praying amiss. You are driving the bush. You are driving the bush. I tell him, pray the kind of prayer I'm asking you to pray. You become healthy. Because you are praying out of envy. You are praying out of envy. Anybody who prays for his enemy to die is suffering from hatred. Envy. I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody here. You can't pray that prayer and be excused from unforgiveness. So there are sins you commit if you are praying that prayer. Envy, you are there. Hatred, you are there. Unforgiveness. Because why are you praying that prayer in the first place if you are forgiven? Okay, well, that's a message for another day. Today, we are on humility theory. Now, the man stood up, sat down on the ground, and said, you have scattered my entire ministry. And after we finished talking, the man said to me, I'm resigning from my church. I'm moving over to Akbaden with my wife, and we are going to stay here to learn from you for one full year. I've been doing rubbish. I'm coming down to learn. And he called me again and said to me, that God said if he didn't meet me, he would have gone to hell. After they worshiped with us, he went back to his church and warned everybody never to pray for enemies to die anymore in his church. And he now told me, do you see the most funny thing that is in that thing that he used to do? I said, tell me. He said that he had an enemy, his greatest enemy in his life was a member in the church. Was a woman. Was a woman in church. Now listen, he said to me, he had sowed a seed for the woman to die before. He had sowed a seed. He went to the mountain, prayed and sowed a seed. A dangerous seed. <laughs> a dangerous seed for the person to die. And after he sowed a dangerous seed, and the wife was there to expose him the more. And I told him, do you know that in church, when you are praying, say, everybody, pray. Wherever your enemy is, they should die. Do you know that the woman is praying that you should die? And you are praying that the woman should die? <laughs> and if two of you die, you will not die well. <laughs> God is not stupid. God is not stupid. That's why when you finish your prayer points, you have to file it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so after you file it in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus sifts the prayer points. <laughs> so you can pray for 60 years and none entered into God's this thing because when they finish sifting, the name of Jesus is like a basket. Some things can go down. If the prayer does not satisfy his will, it doesn't go down. So they carry it and put it in the fire. That's why you are not healthy. The way you are, you're just, every of my enemy from my auntie's side, calm down. <laughs> Let's go to the humility theory. Now, I was telling the man, I said, let me tell you why you pray for your enemies to die. And the man said, okay. I said, you are praying for your enemies to die because you are afraid if they don't die, you will die. He said, yes. You are so afraid that if you don't kill them, they will kill you. Have you seen a before? Kill them before they kill you. So you feel that the enemy is on your level. That's why you're doing that. But you are doing that because you don't understand the scripture. Witches and wizards are not on my level. If I pray for them to die, they'll die. They are not on my level at all. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above witches and Wizards, principalities and past far above we only look down to see if they still exist do you get what I'm saying 
A pastor was saying that people that the enemy likes so much is that people who don't believe he exists. If you don't believe that Satan exists, he loves you so much. He's your friend. And people who magnify his existence, he likes them so much. That is, he's always before you. He's like that devil. Devil, whether I didn't allow make I survive. Whether I didn't allow make I make I graduate. Whether I didn't allow, he likes you so much. And that is what God has been asking us to do. He says, magnify the Lord. He didn't say magnify the devil. Magnify the Lord. The witches and wizards don't have power like you think. But you have over magnified them. The devil knows he can't handle you because you are a child of God. Do you understand who a child of God is? Can you go and beat a child of a soldier? Hello? If you are a senior student and a child comes late, that is a soldier. Do you know the first thing you will do so that people will not feel that you are afraid of the child? You will make the child your school son. When you make the child your school son, you are also trying to have the child as a school son so that if something happens to you, you can inform the father too. They will fight for you. I'm giving you wisdom now. Two, when the child comes late, you will now say, you, 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 you're coming to school late. I'll tell your father. And others, you will flock them. It is wisdom. Because an army man can knock you. And for three weeks, you cannot swallow saliva. So if somebody is so afraid to beat the child of an army man, how much more? How much more? A child of God. And when I discovered that we are part of God's body, I wanted to know where in God's body are we? Are we the nail? Are we his eyelashes? (laughs) Are we his hair? You know, you can start like this and somebody cuts your hair behind and you don't know. Are we his nails? cuts your nail. At the point, you just say, I don't need this nail again. He just cut it off and threw it away. Then put the vultures on. I don't really like human beings' nail again. Let me put vultures on. I don't want to have nails like human beings. Let me put hawks on. And you now put hawks on and you'll be doing like this. I asked the lady, how do you eat? How do you eat? Don't put hawks on. And they said, let's bring for you to eat yam. He said, no, 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 no. I have it already. And I asked God, which part of the body are we? And God said to me, you are the apple of my eye. Do you know what it means to be an apple of God's eye? If I am throwing something, and I'm not even throwing it to you, you still blink. So God said, even if I see a drunk driver coming on your direction, I still get scared. Because I have somebody that I am so much mindful of. So a witch can come into your compound and he's not even to do you any harm but because he's throwing something very close to the eye God makes his witchcraft power not to work because the apple of his eye is around so when you don't understand these things after I finish preaching to you and they strike you follow your mother to your grandmother's church and they will tie you down use skin, flog you and pour you water and do a lot of incantation over your life. Pour all. You smell olive oil all around. Because you don't know who you are. So when the devil knows that you have successfully left his camp. He cannot handle you. cannot do you anything. He will now want you to have problem with your protector. Let your protector be the one to deal with you. One of the things he will do is that the devil will make you to do something against God 
and what he will make you to do against God is that he will want you to be proud so that God will resist you. When some housemen know that they cannot beat the child of the woman of the house, they will not make the child to do something. And the child will do and the mother will now hit the child. A woman was telling me how the housemaid was so wicked, made the child to break plates and she was beating up her child. And the housemaid was now telling the mother, beat her up, beat her more than that, beat her, beat her. And the woman said that she was manipulated to beat a child like that. And it was now done on her. And something called her name and said, do you want to kill your child? And the thing was done on her. She now understood that she was being manipulated too. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying that when the devil knows that he can't deal with you, he'll make you do something that make God against you. And the thing that the devil will do to make God to be against you is to make you proud. If you are proud, you now turn God against you. And few things start happening to you. Few things start happening to you. Let's go back to that scripture. Let me show you some few things that happens to proud people. Are you getting blessed at all? The first thing that happens to us is that God start resisting us. God resists us if we are proud. God start resisting you if you are proud. Resisting is fighting. God start fighting you when you are proud. When you have too much ego, God fights you. Why is God fighting the proud? I need you to pay attention to this. I wanted to write this down. Why does God fight proud people? God fights proud people because the devil was proud. What that means is that the last time God saw a proud person rise up and he didn't fight the guy. He lost one third of his kingdom. The last time a proud person stood up and God didn't fight him. God lost one third of his kingdom. God's kingdom was one, two, three. The devil took one all over three of his kingdom. If you divide the kingdom of God into three, the devil took one side. God owned two. The other side entered opposition. That's why we have demons. Demons were angels that followed the devil. So the last time a proud person rose up and nothing was happening to him until he had finally taken about one third. If they did not fight that guy and throw the guy down, we don't know what would have happened now. So whenever somebody is proud, God is threatened. God is threatened because a proud person is attempting to take the place of God. I want you to write that down. Somebody who is proud is intentionally trying to take God's place. He's trying to take God's place. I'm going to help you now. I'm going to make you to understand this. Somebody who's proud is going to take God's place or is trying to take God's place. If somebody gives somebody a cloth and is a proud person, he will not tell the person, if I did not give you clothes, would you have had a cloth to wear? That is an insult on God because God is the one who owns the person. So if you now look down on the person, you have now assumed a God position in the life of that person. And you have dethroned the God that was there. Do you get what I'm saying? You give somebody food. And you tell that person, if I did not give you food, will you have not died by now? There's something we used to say when we were in secondary school. 
when we want to sip our gari and put some milo and milk, and uh, some people will bring their cup too. Has it happened to you in boarding house before? Some people will bring their cup so you can put some milo and put some tea for them. So when we put it, proud people, when we put it, he said, call home and tell them that Namide feed you. <laughs> call your house. Tell your father mother that you have another father here that Namide feed you. <laughs> so, whenever you are a proud person, you make the person know that if it's not for me, will you have survived in Aksu? If it's not for me, will you have survived? Will you have eaten something? Will you have even had something to eat? If not for me, would you have had a wife to marry? If not for me, would you have had a husband to marry? If not for me, would you have had a life to live? If not for me, you are automatically putting yourself in the position of God in the person's life. And God starts resisting you. Because if that guy doesn't take time, he will start worshipping you and not worship God. So God resists the proud. The second thing that happens is that God gives grace to the humble. There is something that makes all of us different and that is the grace of God. The grace of God is what makes you do whatever thing you are doing. The grace of God is what makes me do what I'm doing and is what makes me have the results I'm having. Is the grace of God. Not really of my works, but the grace of God. So now, if anybody has the grace of God and he's doing a lot of exploits and he has the grace of God, the devil will want you to lose the grace of God. Because if you lose the grace of God, you are like every other person. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you lose the grace of God in your life, you are like every other person. You struggle like every other person. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the grace that makes Ronaldo to be able to score goals. It's not that Ronaldo really plays too much. More than Mikel Obi, my brother. Not that he plays too much more than Mikel Obi. They all play the same 90-90 minutes. But what makes another person see goals to score? He jumps too much until they can be even measuring the height that uh, Ronaldo jumps. All of the advantages that they are talking about is called grace. It's just God giving something that is not common. If you get proud, one of the things that happens to you is that the grace is now taken from you. And when God takes away the grace from you, he now looks for somebody to give to. And you see, this one is a little proud. No, let me not give it to that one. This one, another pride guy. This guy, another proud person. This one, no. This one. And he now goes to the humble. Somebody very humble. Like Messi. Who would decide to go to French. And said, no, no, no. Don't bother to collect number 10 from the guy who's using it. Give me 30. Even if there's no such number, let me use it. And gives the grace to the humble. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is why you can see some people who knows how to sing so much. If they sing, you'll be wondering whether it's an angel that's singing or... But with all their singing, it doesn't go anywhere. Apart from their church enjoying it. Their tape doesn't sell. They'll be even begging somebody to share their songs. If they do song, and they say, I don't send you song. Send give about five persons that I beg for me. But another person with a very bad voice and good grace. It's good to have a bad voice, good grace than to have a good voice, bad grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's good to have bad grades, good grace, than to have good grades, bad grace. You have first class like this and be sweating. And somebody who's interviewing you said, what did you have? First class? Are you sure you can defend this? (laughs) 
Because it's not to come here with a first class. I got this job with pass. And it's a guy that's interviewing you. And at the end, we said, we are not sure you got this. I said, you shall hear from us. When they say you shall hear from us. <laughs> so God said, one of the things I'll do to you when I finish fighting you, because when God fights with you, he will have to win. He will win. And when he wins, what I'll do to you, I'll take the grace from you and give it to somebody who's humble. So God gave it the grace to the humble. He resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Verse 7, the Bible starts teaching us. It says, submit yourself therefore to God. I want to learn something now. One of the ways to learn humility is to be humble to God. You don't see God, but you act like he's around. And you walk with him like he's around. I want you to pay attention to me. If you are humble to God, you will be careful how you do things when it has to do with God. You will be careful of how you do things when it has to do with God. When they say it's time for church, you'll be careful. When they say somebody's a man of God, you'll be very careful. When they say something belongs to God, you'll be very careful. There are people that have not gotten to this point. Do you understand? When they say it's a church, whether it's your church or it's not your church, you'll be very careful because you are humbling yourself before the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? When the church is on and somebody very important calls you and you are humble before the Lord, you will not pick it. When you sit down and you feel like playing games and it looks like the message is not for you that day and you take up your phone and want to play a game, if you are humble before the Lord, you drop it back. Because you remember that God is the supreme. So the Bible said to us that we should humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. I know God sees us everywhere. I've emphasized on that. But another thing about the sight of the Lord is that be humble before the Lord in his presence. Don't let God see you as a proud person in his house. How can somebody be a proud person in God's house? You are in church and you're not saving in any units. Please, Pastor, will you love to join a unit in church? I'll think about it. I want you to join a unit in church. Let me think about it. Let me think about it because I don't think I, I don't have time. Are you sure you are not becoming very proud in the sight of the Lord? <laughs> because if you are very proud in the sight of the Lord, God will want to check what makes him proud. Is it that he has hair? Okay, let's make him have a bald hair. <laughs> God will be looking for that thing that makes you proud to take it away from you. So that you can mellow down. Tell somebody, mellow down. Yeah. God will be looking for that thing. Because there are some of you that you are even proud. And there's nothing to be proud about. You are even from a humble background. Which you should have just be humble. So when you are proud, God searches for what is making you proud. There are some of you that when your father was walking where he used to walk. In your entire school, nobody entered your level. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Get out. Get out. Teacher, tell him to get out. <laughs> and your father lost the job. <laughs> I don't even preaching somebody. Humble yourself before the sight of God so that he will lift you up. <laughs> so it's very, very important for you not to report yourself to God. It's very important not to report yourself. There's how you are proud. They say, please, everybody, let's wait and have a little meeting after service. And you say, I have my books to go and read. Have you stayed back from church before to read a book? 
and nothing entered. And you felt miserable in the sound soul, even more than people that went to church. Tell somebody, humble yourself. Another important thing about humbling yourself is that God wants you to be the one to do it by yourself. Humble yourself. That is, do good. Don't let me come and humble you. Just humble yourself. Do it yourself. You can do it. Humble yourself. And the reason is because God has a mighty hand. If you don't want to humble yourself and you want him to humble you, anyhow he humbles you, your buttocks must pain you. You get what I'm saying? Charlie, come. Sit down here. Yeah. Stand up. Sit down. Have you seen that when he's sitting down on his own, he's doing it very gently. Imagine if the mighty hand of God wants to sit him down. Have you done something before and your mother said, sit down. That's the kind of sit down that when they tell you, sit down. After you finish sitting down, two hours has passed. <laughs> you start shouting. So God said, I should remind you that his hands are very mighty. So if you don't do it by yourself, he will do it for you. Tell somebody, humble yourself. Do it yourself. Nobody's going to do you anything. Turn and tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you will not do me anything. Let me tell you the truth. Humble yourself. Don't let God do it for you. When you come to the presence of God, look for what to do for God to see you as a humble person. Look for what to do. Many people have lost to marry. They've lost the person they should marry because when they went to their mother's house, their mother-in-law-to-be's house, the way they behave, your own house also is a touch house. So this one is a touch house. And I said, honey, please, I, I don't think I can be able to sleep in this house. Is there no hotel around? Is there no hotel around? They never marry you. They carry on like this. Honey, say no hotel around. Honey, no, I know they have to change this machine. They have to change this machine. Honey, is this the only cushion they have in this parlor? You know, I can't sit there. So they will be pardoning you, trying to make sure you leave. And when you leave, you have left. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, you're too proud for marriage. Wow. So the Bible said that you should humble yourself. So if you can't humble yourself he humbles it for you so he's saying sit down and you don't want to sit down do good sit down and God now do and sit down when you come to church look for what to do in the house of God to show God that you are humble you know when somebody wants to get married to somebody he goes to the house sweeps everywhere mop the field you know, there are water dews that fall on this field. You just mop the field, iron the car, clean up the ceiling, wash the wall clock. A lady was watching the television, washing the television. Do something to show God that you are humble in His sight. Get into a department in church, walk in the church. In fact, go to a unit that shows that you are humble. Walk in the sanctuary unit clean up the house of God, be involved in God's house, because God is watching how you're behaving in his sight you understand not I don't think I'm going to make it to first service today let me check second service uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it to second service, okay, when Papa starts preaching I'll just go, some people don't even come for service, so they just come when I want to preach, the moment I'm done preaching they leave they are proud and God is watching 
and God is watching. I don't think I really have time today. I want to spend that 30 minutes in the church. And it's just coming. Humility. Put yourself down before God. Let God walk on you. Let God change you. And everything that God tells us to do is not really for him alone. When you become humble, your values start increasing. Value before people start increasing. But every proud person feels that they are really on top of the wall. Not knowing that the wall is on top of them. Proud people. They feel that they are really, ah, I don't have time, you know. And even when proud people talk, you will see pride walking as they are talking. He said, you see, in this school, I can't mingle with everybody. See, in this school, they say, no, you know when you're from a rich person. One girl was talking like that, was talking, my father, my father is working in MTN. He's a general manager in MTN Lagos. And my mother is working. My elder brother works in Milo Company. He's the general manager in New York Company. We didn't know that their father and mother have bicycle. So always humble yourself. And that day, the lady was not around in school and the mother came around, driving bicycle around the whole school. Where is my daughter? Is that, are you the mother or, or you just like calling people your daughter? He said, no, 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 I am. I mean, they got blessing. I'm blessing his mother. Is that you the mother or you mother the mother? I'm going to humble myself before the Lord. He will lift me up. I'm gonna humble myself before the Lord. Sing it well. Will you humble yourself before the Lord? I can hear your voice. Will you humble yourself before the Lord? Make it as a prophecy. He will. Whether the devil likes it or not. Submit yourself therefore to God. This is what the Bible is telling us. This is another benefit that people who are humble have. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. This is what it means. God is saying, if you submit yourself to me, cast out the devil and you will see the devil leave. God is saying that one of the benefits of humility is that you will cast out devils. If you try to cast out devils and devils don't leave, check if you are not a humble person. You may not be a humble person. Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and resist the devil. Sometimes you can see a ghost. I say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind you because you can't move. It's not that you wouldn't have run. You cannot move. Your legs have been so heavy. Have you felt such an experience before? Your legs so heavy. You can't move. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind you in the name of Jesus that my pastor preaches. I bind you in the name of God. I bind you. I bind you. Leave me alone. I bind you. <laughs> and all your binding, the devil is not going anywhere. But the more you bind, the more he's coming closer. <laughs> and you start saying something like, I bind you. I bind you. I'm sorry. Leave me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for binding you. Go away. Just <laughs> I'm giving you something now. 
one key to bind the devil straight away and the devil runs is when you can humble yourself before God. And the Bible says submit yourself to God. When you submit yourself to God, God said you are humble to him. When God says you are humble to him and see that you respond to him and see that you love him, when you humble yourself before God, the day you tell the devil, get out, the devil runs. The reason is because you have passed the devil in that rank. You have been able to do something to God that the devil could not do. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you are able to do something to God that the devil could not do, then you have passed the devil in that round. There are some things that you have allowed the devil to do more than you. The Bible said in the book of Job that the children of God gathered and Satan also came around. So, there's a church going on. Satan came. And you, you don't come to church often. And Satan comes to church often. He will remind you that he's senior you spiritually. Because you are not even humbling yourself before the Lord. How can you bind the devil for the devil to flee? When you hear that the Bible said that the devil is an accuser of the brethren, one of the things that the devil does is that the devil tries to attain some certain level of loyalty to God and use it against you. So when the devil is able to come to church and you are not coming, the devil will tell God, hey, see, if me, devil, can be in church and this guy doesn't come to church and this guy wants to come and bind me, I should be the one binding you. He has finished accusing you. Because the Bible says, when you want to pray, bring your strong reasons. So the devil also prepare his strong reasons too. When you are not humble before the Lord, you can't bind the devil. There are many times that you need to bind the devil. There are times that you need to bind the spirits of accidents. It's not all the time that you have to call somebody. There are times that you are inside a vehicle and you sense the spirits of accident. You sense that a driver is misbehaving. Said every spirit of accident, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And it's bound. When you hear scriptures like, whatever thing you bind on earth is bound in heaven. It's not for everybody, yo. Keep quiet if you are proud. It's not for you. There is a certain level of spirituality that digs out some certain level of power. So humility is one of it that digs out the ability to bind demons. Whenever you go on Facebook, what you do is to talk against pastors, talk against churches, talk against churches, talk against pastors. You are not humble. You are not reducing yourself. You are not binding yourself. And the worst of it is that if you want to even become a pastor, you will never get to the heights of the people that you are destroying. Because you have already kept the destruction at a certain height waiting for you. So if you want to get there, the destruction you created will destroy you. Alright, so that verse says, Submit yourself therefore to God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the Bible said in verse 8, Draw near to God and I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. You sinners, purify your hearts. You, a man of a double mind. So Bible says to us that when we are humble, we are drawing closer to God. And when we are humble and we draw closer to God, God is also walking closer to us. Humility is walking closer to God. Pride is walking closer to the devil. When you are humble, you are becoming like Christ. When you are proud, you are becoming like the devil. So the Bible says, come near to me and I'll come near to you. If you want God to come so close to you, if you want God to come so near to you, walk on your pride. Walk on it. 
The Bible talks about purity. He's talking to us about how to be closer to God. He said purity, walking on our pride, making our hands to be clean, not really with hand sanitizers, but what you do with your life. God says, if you do these things, if you are closer to me, I'll be closer to you. He said, most times you shout, Jesus, Jesus, and it seems that God is not hearing you. And you know, the Bible said that God is everywhere and God hears us when we call. Yes, he hears us, but you may be very far away from him. You may be very, very far away from him. So one way to have God closer is to be humble. When you are humble, you are getting God closer. You're getting closer. Getting closer to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? People are always afraid of what they receive when they're humble. Have you, have you been humble before and people who humiliate you because you're humble? Have you humbled yourself before and people humiliate you because you're humble? And you feel that I shouldn't be humble again next time. Let me show them my color. Verse 9 is for you. This is what verse 9 is saying. Be afflicted. That is accept every penalty for being humble. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. It's telling you things that you can go through for being humble. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. That is, even if your humility is going to lead you to mourning, have you been so humble to somebody like you want to be very humble and somebody does something so bad to you because you're humble? God says, even though your laughter will be turned to sorrow, do all of it. And verse 10, which is the last verse, what is it saying? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. There's an invisible hand that lifts people up. There's an invisible hand that lifts children of nobodies and lifts them up. There's an invisible hand. There's an invisible hand that is walking in the face of men that lifts people from nothing to something. There's an invisible hand. The hands on how people grow, how people are lifted. Sometimes you can see how people are lifted. You can't calculate their steps and want to do what they do to be lifted too. Somebody say invisible hand that lifts people up. There's an invisible hand that lifts the children of nobodies. There's an invisible hand that lifts the children that have nobody. There's an invisible hand that lifts orphans up. There are invisible hands that lift the poor up. There's a hand that lifts up somebody who has been neglected. There's an invisible hand that makes Jabez to become the ruler and the most honorable person when the mother was a prostitute. There's an invisible hand that makes Samuel to become the most excellent king, excellent priest, when the other woman had already had seven children before the arrival of Samuel. There's an invisible hand that picks up Esther from nobody, even when Esther have lost the mother, lost the father, and now is humbling herself to stay with the uncle. There's an invisible hand that lifts up Esther until she becomes a queen of the land. There's an invisible hand that makes people to go out of the pit and they resist the devil. They turn their eyes against fornication and they are lifted up by God. There's an invisible hand that makes somebody to be brought from prison to the palace to interpret dreams to Pharaoh. You can't learn it in school. It's not by your IQ. When God wants to lift you up, he doesn't look at your credential. There's an invisible hand 
There's an invisible hand that lifts up David. The one who always is in the bush, taking care of the fathership. He's always in the bush. He doesn't know how to fight. There's an invisible hand that teaches him how to fight giants. There's an invisible hand that introduced him to the priest and said, don't sit down until David comes. There's an invisible hand. There's an invisible hand. There's an invisible hand that directs the stone of David to go directly to the uncovered place of the Philistine. There is an invisible hand that raises Jesus from the dead because he was humble and make him sit on the throne. There's an invisible hand that walks in the face of men. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and that invisible hand will lift you up. Bow your heads, everybody. There's an invisible hand that makes the three Hebrew children more excellent, more intelligent, ten times intelligent, more than every other person. So when other people who had the same lecture with them will have 10%, they will have 100%. Because the Bible said they were ten times better than them. There's an invisible hand. There's an invisible hand that made Daniel to be relevant in government even for four governments. There's an invisible hand. And that invisible hand was a visible hand that wrote something on the wall. When a man wants to become very proud, he wrote something in the wall. So he's saying this same hand that lifts people up is the same hand that brings people down. There's an invisible hand. I want you to bow your heads right now and start telling God, please teach me how to be humble. Help me to be humble. Help me to be humble in your presence. I don't know if you are taking that prayer very serious. Help me to be humble in your presence. Help me to be humble. Are you sure you're praying? What's your prayer point? Now you're telling God something. What's your prayer point? Is it God make me humble? If that's your prayer point, then it's a powerful one. God, teach me humility. That's a good prayer point too. God, help me to humble myself. That's a powerful one too. God, work on my humility. Work on the way I'm humble. That's a powerful one too. Deliver me from pride. That's a powerful one too. Deliver me, Lord, from pride. Deliver me, Lord, from pride. Deliver me from my haughty spirits. Deliver me from my haughty spirit. Deliver me from pride. That's a good prayer point too. Ima ya 
If you can get the virtue of humility, if you get the anointing for humility, then you've gotten the key for very many things you've been asking God for. Lift up your hands, everybody. Lift up your hands, everyone. If your legs can carry you, I love you to be upstanding on your feet. Lord, teach me humility. If your hands are lifted up, be praying the prayer. I say, Lord, teach me humility. Lord, let me learn from you. Are you sure you're saying that? Lord, let me learn from you. God, walk on my life. Walk on my life. Walk on me until I see things the way you see things. Walk on me until I see things the way you see things. Are you sure you're praying? Help me out of pride. That's your prayer point. Add that up too. Help me out of pride. Help me out. Deliver me from pride. Deliver me. Lift your hands up, everybody. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for a great word that you've taught us today. As our hands are lifted up, we receive the anointing to be humble. We receive the anointing to be humble. We receive the power to swim in humility. Oh, you're not shouting a powerful amen. We receive the power to swim in humility. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we resist the power of pride. We resist the power of pride. We pray in the name of Jesus that we are subjected under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, which is the leadership of humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, none of us here will be proud and attract your vengeance. And you start fighting with them. For everybody here that you've been fighting with, you've been fighting. You have been fighting them because they are proud. Lord, I plead that you forgive them. And Lord, clothe them with humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Keep down your hands and close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Humble yourself and close your eyes. If you're here in this house, you've not given your life to Jesus, then you're far away from what we are saying. The Bible says, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. There's something God has been waiting for you to do. To humble yourself and pray and turn from your wicked ways. So if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, I love you to lift up your hand above your head with humility. And I'm going to pray for you right now. You're here, you say, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to be your child. I want, I want to follow you. I want you to lift your hands up. I'm praying for you now. Is your hands lifted up? Father, for once that your hands are lifted up, I'm praying for them now. That you have mercy upon them. Love them, Lord. 
Help them, Lord. Guide them, Lord. Make them to be your children. I bind the power of darkness. I bind the spirit of resistance. I bind the devil and the power of the enemy against their life. And I pray in the name of Jesus that they are vindicated from the damnation of the enemy in the name of Jesus.